The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Yes, sir, kids. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening or whenever the hell you're listening to my show. I appreciate it. This is the Boston Podcast, which you will find at pod617.com. And by the way, if you like your own podcast, check us out. Get in touch with us. Visit us here at our Westwood studios. Just go to pod617.com and you will have all the information right there, right there. So um, cool show today. We've got I've got an L.A. comedian on the line. That's right. Straight out of uh, Hollywood, but he's a Boston boy. He's my old buddy, Scott Schultz. Welcome to the show, Scott Schultz. The, 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 the studio audience here is, is clapping feverishly, uh, Schultzy. So he sounds he, like they're standing. They are. They're standing. They're on their feet. For the great Scott That's Schultz, amazing. yeah, yeah. So I'll give uh, I'll give sort of sort of the the thirty second version of Scott's uh, journey and success, and then we'll hear from him because that's who I want to hear from. So Scott is a uh, was at least a stand up comedian, and now he's become sort of a master of, of all media centered around his project, which is called Busted. Now, if you haven't heard of this, you may not because it's more of an L.A. thing. But uh, Scott cre- took his stand-up talents and storytelling talents and focused on the stories of commuters riding the bus in L.A. And in, in here in Boston, we have buses, right? But we're more a subway. You know, you got to get your T-pass and all that. In L.A., now correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but it's just it's the nature of the beast is if you don't have a car in L.A., you're on that bus, right? Um, yeah, well, also just the nature of L.A. is so sprawled yeah. and built into the car culture. I mean, going back to, you know, the 50s and the 60s with the movies and the Beach Boys and stuff like that, uh, you know, people like to drive and it's kind of a part of the city's persona. But, yeah. you know, it's so sprawled out that, um, you know, it just reached a point where people started focusing on, you know, the center of the city. And, um, and I've kind of tapped into... Uh, the bus riders and the train riders and the bicyclists, and they form the core of my show. Yeah, it's hard to get your surfboard on the bus, I guess, which is why the Beach Boys were <laughs> always driving the, the what was it called? The two Deuce Coupe or whatever the hell they called it. Anyway. Yeah, the Little Deuce Coupe. Little Deuce Coupe. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so um, you're out, you've been out in LA for a while now, but uh, tell it for starters, I guess we'll start at the top since I mentioned it. This busted thing is just really a a creative stroke of genius. What, I mean, what Scott did was take that, the construct of the moth, the moth, the very successful moth storytelling series and set it on, on the bus among stories about being on the bus. And like, I mean, and I think again, our parallel here, Boston is probably stories from the subway of which there are no shortage. Everyone's got a subway story and just in LA, everyone's got a bus story. And so now you, Absolutely. Yeah, and you do live shows. You have a YouTube channel. So tell us like how it came about and 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 what's going on with it right now. Okay, well, um, like I said, when I when I first moved to Boston, um, or, or I'm sorry, LA, uh, when I moved Boston. back to yeah from Boston. <laughs> yeah. When I, well, I moved to I moved to Boston a couple of years ago, and that's where I 
slid into storytelling. Okay. Um, you know, I did stand up for years and, uh, I went to an event in Cambridge and, uh, called the story space. It's a storytelling event that's run for 27 years now, weekly event in Somerville at Davis square. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through that, after the first time I told the story, I kind of got absorbed into the circuit and I won the big mouth off, which is the annual, uh, grand slam for storytelling in Boston and then moved back to Los Angeles, and I wanted to start a storytelling show. And Busted was originally going to be a rotating theme. I was going to play off the different uh, definitions of the term. Right. And the first one was on the theme of getting around L.A. without driving. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, uh, through my promotion, a lot of it on bus stops, um, you know, putting posters up, mm-hmm. I just had a, a large first audience. And when I went the next month, to tell the venue owner, yeah, this month the theme's going to be rock and roll. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, yeah, and you're going to do that bus show too, right? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and I've been doing, and I haven't stepped off the bus for six years. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it, it, you, you collaborate with, with other comics or is it more of just like an open mic thing where people can get up and, and tell their bus stories? Uh, well, we have a variety of storytellers um, because I try to get the full spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I say, we always get the good and the bad, the the beautiful and the ugly, the community and the outcast. We try to emphasize all of those groups within a show. So, I'll book you know professional comedians because there's no shortage of them in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, then I'll also book some actors or writers. There's a large storytelling circuit in LA, so I'll tap people from those groups, and then I also we'll just recruit people off of sidewalks or at, um, you know, uh, bicycling or mobility events, or I'll just walk up to people on subway platforms or on buses. And mm-hmm. if I think they're interesting or they experience something or through a conversation, I think that they could handle going in front of an audience and might yep. be interested. I'll, I'll pitch anybody to go up and tell a story. You were described by the LA Times as a little bit Huel Hauser, and most people on the East Coast don't know who that is. But if you're if you're an LA person, I've heard I've heard yeah, yeah I've, I've I've seen footage of Huel, and the, he's he's this kind of lovable, like old school wandering reporter who is um, uh, yeah. lovable, a little bit clueless, maybe. I, I'm not saying that you you stole that part from him, <laughs> from him, Scott. But it's oh come on, you are my bunkmate. That's really yeah, <laughs> you know <I'm> clueless. <laughs> in the best way, in the best way. Yes, yes. Scott and I basically shared underwear back in the uh, early eighties uh, as we, we showered together. We sure, we sure did. We sure did. But when men were men back then, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, that part was the best. Yeah. So, but but Huel is like um, you know I, I mean I, I think a lot of, a lot of subtle comedy lies in sort of the, I mean, uh, many have done it, you know, Jay Leno did his jaywalking thing sure. and kind of wandered around yep. town. Do you dig that? Oh, I love that. Uh, when, when I saw that referral to Huel Hauser, yeah. uh, like I had a grin that went beyond my ears. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, I, in the LA times too. And, yeah. and I love Huel Hauser and in Los Angeles, he's a legend. Um, right. he has a show called California gold, which I think you were referring to. Yeah. It ran on PBS for like 30 years mm-hmm. and he would visit people and places all over California. And that's kind of some of the tone I try to bring in to my show, but it's a little bit more, um, micro, 
Yeah. Think, is it micro or macro? I mix those up. Um, <laughs> micro is the little one. Know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, micro. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're focusing on on the the non motorists. Right. Um, but yeah, Hugh Hauser, uh, he was amazing. Um, yeah, and, and Boston's always had shows like that too. I mean, like uh, it's it's not too different from you know something like uh, when they had the evening magazines, uh, those types of oh, shows. Oh yeah, but. I used to intern for I used to intern for PM Magazine in Rhode Island. I wasn't oh, really? even yeah. I think I interned for Evening Magazine in Philly and PM Magazine in in Providence. Because if if you weren't a big enough market, I think you got PM Magazine <laughs> instead of Evening Magazine. But right, they're they're oh, all they I mean, it really it runs the gamut. They occasionally they would interview celebrities, but usually it was just like little slice of life stuff, you know. And that's um. Yeah, Huel Hauser. Seeing, having seen some of his segments, sometimes they they kind of have a point, and then sometimes they don't. <laughs> and and yeah. but it's it's for some reason it's fascinating to watch because it's just um, kind of a, uh, a lovable guy like wandering through the in these places he's never been before, right? Yeah, it's an opportunity yeah. for people at home to see parts of the of the state and the city, right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. meet those types of people that they wouldn't ordinarily meet. Because, you know, Los Angeles is such a sprawl to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're in Boston and like I live in Marblehead and you're in the South Shore, yep. um, we're basically the same. Yep. Yeah, there's yep. no difference between, very little difference between, you know, your South Shore towns and your North Shore towns and your 128 metro towns. Mm-hmm. But in Los Angeles, it's a huge difference. You know, you have the Valley, the Beach, Hollywood. You have the Inland Empire, which is like farming avocados and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's such a sprawl that you need someone like a Huel Hauser who actually <laughs> passed away a few years ago. Oh, I but didn't know that. RIP Huel. They, yep. They've been running the shows ever since. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably run them for 10 more years. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's why a show like that. So, you know, necessary because it just brings us all together. And that's, that's why I like storytelling as well, because it brings people together. So, I don't want to steal any of your content from my podcast, but I will if I can. Can you give us? <laughs> can you give us uh, a mini version of what we're talking about here? A weird story, or even mention some of the your your most beloved stories that have been featured and busted. Um, sure. Well, you know, we do stories of all different sizes. Like uh, I have the audience anecdotes, and uh, anecdotes would be like the stories I would tell between stories, mm-hmm. which are always a little bit of a shorter nature. Um, for example, uh, I, I just want to make sure that I don't have any word slippage. Um, so like, for example, um, I, uh, a typical anecdote story might be something where like a little kid, uh, maybe four with mm-hmm. a younger sister and uh, a baby with the mother and the little kid learns the word, you know, that little kids will pick up on some funny word. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they just keep saying it. And the mother, <laughs> single mothers have a really hard time on a bus because they have to corral children in and yeah. deal with all that. And then you have other people that feel like they're disturbing the presence. And some people are like, Oh, you know, baby noises are great. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Okay. So <laughs> this, uh, this kid starts saying the word dookie. <laughs> and he's just, he discovered the word dookie. Right. And, and, he says it out loud. His little sister starts cracking up, right. you know, which I totally get. I have a sister a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and then he, re- he gets that positive attention. So now he starts applying it to 
every word he hears. Uh, so, <laughs> like, it. the guy gets on, the conductor gets on the train, goes, welcome to the blue line. He's going, like, dookie line! <laughs> and, and then the little sister's, like, turning purple, cracking up. <laughs> I love uh, it. And then the mother has to keep turning to him and saying, stop saying dookie. Yeah, don't say dookie. <laughs> Which is and then a it funny just, thing to hear. Right. And then and it then, gets more fun then, for the kid, right? Yeah, yeah. And then because it's so funny, yep. and it's not my kid, you know, I'm encouraging him. So I'm right. like making funny faces, like, more Dookie. <laughs> I love and then it. he starts like going like, Dookie Avenue, Pepperoni Dookie. And, uh, and then the mother has to turn again and say, stop saying Dookie. Yep. And uh, by the time it. he left the train, I'm just going over all the, what other words I can make with Dookie. I actually wrote a song about it <laughs> that I do with my I have a backing band that I use in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I call it the Hyperloop. Oh, cool. Um, And yeah, it's a band called uh, Haunted Summer, uh, Mm -hmm. electro psychedelic band. And uh, we recorded some backing scores uh, one day at their uh, studio when we were taking mushrooms. And uh, (laughs) I thought that it would make really (laughs) cool backgrounds for stories. And then some of them were different lengths or different tones because there's a lot of looping involved Mm -hmm. in sampling. but it turned into a really fun exercise. And one of them was had a dance beat just because the loop had like a yep. type of uh, beat behind it. And I was like, Oh, I could get, I could convince one of my friends to dance behind me to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I started writing the dookie, uh, dookie beat story <laughs> into a, a dance. Song. Wow. <laughs> Multi-purpose. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I open, I open for bands in LA sometimes oh. with oh, it. Okay. Yeah, you no, know? I was, I'm picturing like the, the sort of nondescript, you know, jazz music playing underneath uh, Mike Myers reading the the poems, and so I married an axe murderer, sure. you know. What the, you know but uh, yeah, traditional beatnik, <laughs> beatnik. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, so I love the Dookie story. What people don't know is that little kid grew up to be Billy Joe Armstrong, and that's where Green Day got <laughs> right. the name for their album Dookie. No, not exactly. Um, but he's probably probably headlining the comedy store right now <laughs> yeah yeah precisely um so i'll give you my my uh, and you can steal this story but it's probably not good enough uh my version of a busted story personally would be i'm trying to think of a story from my days riding the t here in boston and <laughs> and it's this is not an a plus story but it's something i remember being on the t on the green line and there was an elderly woman trying to get off i think we were on uh uh, was it Beacon Street? I don't know. We're heading. We're heading down towards Coolidge Corner, on okay. on that branch of the the sea line there. And there's an elderly woman who clearly lives in one of those apartment buildings in Brookline. She's trying to get off the train. The train has stopped at a stoplight, but I think she missed the moment where the doors open. So we're still stopped at oh. the stoplight, but the doors closed on her. And I'm in, I'm not oh. near the front of the train. And I want to be Mister Johnny Do Good, right? And so I'm like. Sure. Do you, do you need to get off? And she's kind of, she's very frail and she's saying, yes, yes, I, can you help me? And I said, well, sure. And so I look around. Um, the, the, the guy at the front of the train, the driver is not going to be able to hear me because he's way up like in, in, you know, there's a whole car in between us basically. So I oh, look up and I, 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 I see the emergency stop uh, lever and I, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, gu- I guess I'm supposed to do this. So I do it. And like uh, some kind of alarm kind of goes off, like wow, and like the 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 doors do indeed open. The woman, yeah, the, the woman, the, yeah, the, the woman exits, and so uh, mission accomplished, right? At this point, I, I hear the the driver who has like 
put the the train in park if that exists and is coming is running back towards yeah, me does. now the woman's <laughs> right now the woman's already gone she's long gone and and he's, yeah. he's like who pulled that who pulled that lever oh, right and, and 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 points his finger right in my face and says now we have to wait a whole other light cycle and, I, and i'm trying to explain uh-huh. there was an elderly woman trying to get off um and so and my, my friends are adding no help. They're laughing hysterically at me. Did the commuters mob up on you? They they were giving me dirty looks. And I'm like, I'm trying to help yeah. an old lady. Like, like, I mean, I'm glad, really glad I tried to help this old woman. So that's my mini uh, my mini. That's actually story. a funny story. Yeah, that's that's, that's the type of story I love because it involves what we call being a good bus ambassador, which yeah, is something okay. I always stress. You know, yep. treat people on the bus the way you'd want your mother treated or your best friend or your, your you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, just being a good person. But then also, sometimes things go wrong, you know? Exactly. Uh, and, and that's where stories become really interesting. And, you know, kind of uh, sometimes, and I've seen it happen a lot on these buses and trains where we're all happy community. And then all of a sudden, someone delays that bus and mm-hmm. they will turn on you. That's yep. like, you know, you could, I mean, there's nothing worse to a commuter than, you know, stopping a uh, stopping them from getting to where they're going. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, those are funny stories though. Hi everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston podcast network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston podcast network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Give me an example of uh, are there themes that run through the stories. Uh, and I'm trying to imagine if any of them involve, hopefully not too many of them involve, you know, violence, altercations. I imagine some of them may, may involve uh, bodily fluids or bad smells or yeah, things like this. <laughs> we've had we've had every one of those. Types okay. Of stories. Okay. Sometimes in the same story. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we've kept we well. I'd say the number one theme, um, you know, that comes up recurrently. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of it is harassment is a big one. Yeah. Um, and and safety issues. Um, just it it just recurs a lot because women do have a hard time a lot of the time on buses and trains. Um, Not that it's not safe, but they do deal with particular hassles that like you and me wouldn't have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And uh, those come up in stories a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, First time storytellers will typically talk about, or will often talk about homeless people because it is a a serious situation in LA. Um, You have 60,000 homeless people. So a lot of them do pass their time on the bus and the train. And, a lot of them have mental illness. So that will, you know, often create, um, stories as well. And then you have a lot of the community stories, which Mm -hmm. I always think are fun, you know, where it's kind of those, the mundane, the slice of life. Uh, sometimes 
it'll be like a mundane story. And then all of a sudden there'll be an unexpected twist, like, like the story you told where it just seems like a nice, you know, you're helping out someone. And then all of a sudden, like things turn bad. And then like when you, when you said pull the cord, the emergency cord, my thought was that you guys want to be stuck there for a half an hour (laughs) waiting for the police to arrive or paramedics. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That happens in LA. Okay. Um, I've seen people before, like where they're wearing an iPod. I'll be talking to a police officer on the uh, subway platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, then all of a sudden he has to run and find, you know, grab this woman because she's walking across the uh, railroad tracks with her headphones on. And oh. she's so caught up yep. in her, you know, iTunes or, yep. or Facebook or whatever that she doesn't see the train is coming. Good Lord. And, and she walks across oblivious to the fact that this train just had to hit an emergency brake. Mm. Um, you know, cause that's what happens. If right. they see someone crossing, they have a button and it magnetically stops the train on a dime. Yeah. And, uh, if you're on that bus, like or on that train, if you're standing there with a cup of coffee, there's a good chance that coffee is going to go flying. Yeah. And yeah. so he had to race down and, and find that woman. Um, it was $900 fine. Oh my God. Like huge money. Yep. Um, but better than getting splattered by a train. Yeah, <laughs> ab- yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, God help us all. We've got, you know, a generation of people staring down at their phones and, you know, 900 sounds about right to, as a deterrent for that sort of thing. I remember once, you know, back in the old days, when you were waiting for a train, there are always little moments. I remember being on a, a street and a streetcar is approaching and they ca- they usually came in twos. And so people used to line up in two different spots, figuring you could get on the yeah. first train or the second train. So there was one day where the train, I think, was particularly late. There was a big crowd and there are these two bunches. But the train that approaches is a, is a single. And so I'm in the first group, so I'm like, well, I'm all set. But this group in the rear, they're going to have to, you know, form with us to get on. And meanwhile, there's a dude who's got a large, and you mentioned before we started recording, your beloved Dunkin' Donuts coffee, right, Scott? So uh, mm-hmm. this guy, yeah, this guy had a large uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee, had taken the lid off for some reason. It, it, oh. It's all, it's almost like this was a Carol Burnett sketch waiting to happen, you know? So he's, and yeah. he, he's kind of at the front of that second group. So he's holding, and he's, he's, I think he's also got some books. He's probably a student and kind of a nerdy yeah. looking guy. So he's making his way up towards the first group as this train is approaching. And I've got a nice view. I'm in that first room. I'm looking back. He's coming towards me. The train is coming towards me as well. What he doesn't realize is in his haste, he's veered a little bit too much towards the train. And uh-huh. not so much that he's going to get killed or run over, but the yeah. the train's going to give him a really good like uh, you know shoulder shiver there. It's going to knock him on his shoulder. Yeah. Sure enough, the thing comes up. He gets hit by the the, the train. He's jostled, uh, and he's okay. But the coffee is everywhere. It was like a coffee explosion, oh. and like and so and so as I after I get on the train, there is literally like a dozen people boarding the train, completely covered in Duncan. They they all have scowls oh. on their face. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. man! But it's funny, like. That's- 
what I, what I was thinking when you were saying that earlier thing is the, a lot of these stories as you watch people on the subway or on the bus it's it's almost yeah. like mini you correct me if I'm wrong like mini dramas play out and 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 you when you inevitably when you tell the story you you attach some detail to these people that you don't know like well there was base yeah. there's baseball hat guy but then there was like the dog woman and then there was like you know uh, you know a uh, purple jumpsuit guy you know and purple jumpsuit guy turns out to be a good guy after all cuz in the end he helped the woman you know is there stuff like that yeah those are my favorite types of stories, actually, where you get that that little sharp curve and where you think that the antagonist, you know, you think you have an eye on like, oh, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. Yep. And then kind of you twist it and it's either, oh, they're both good guys or, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I had that all wrong just based on a description, which mm-hmm. is a common thing just from, you know, human nature. And people do name their characters like purple trousers and, yeah. you know, uh, parrot person, you know, things like that. (laughs) Um, I heard a funny story that took place in Boston, uh, actually in my building, you know, Mm because people know I do this show. So when I return home, uh, a friend of mine comes up to me, tells me a story that was flat out insane Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, on the Metrolink, or not Metrolink, uh, the commuter train. Um, He's riding the commuter train from Boston to Swampscott, does it all the time. Mm -hmm. And He's the first person on the uh, on the train, and then a second person gets on, and he's at the opposite end of the train. But he's talking loudly on the phone, uh, and he's doing he's conducting business. Right. So he's giving away his social security number, uh, his like all that oh, private shrewd. detail yep. information mm-hmm. that you're supposed to protect, right. and <laughs> including his phone number. So my friend Jonathan has a photographic memory. Oh God. So. He, he wanted to teach this guy an important lesson. That's how he described it to me. I want, he's very rabbinical looking. Oh, and yeah. So he's like, I want to teach him an important lesson because he could he could lose his you know his his bank account information doing stuff like this. Yeah, identity so, stolen. Yeah, yeah. So when he gets home after dinner, he calls this man up on the phone. Oh wow! And he says, "Hi, sir. Um, you don't know me." But we ride together every morning (laughs) from uh, Boston to the North Shore on the commuter train. And I was on the train today, and you were discussing your business, and you gave away your social security number, your checking (laughs) routing information, your this, your that, your this, your that. And I just want to let you know that, you know, there are a lot of bad people out there who will take that information, and they'll empty your bank accounts. Mm. You know, fortunately for you, I'm a really nice person. So I wanted to let you know that and you know, let this be a lesson to you, not to give away your private information, you know, so loudly on a train where there's lots of people that right. can hear that information. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool of you to do that, I yeah, guess. Right. Um, so what did he, so what's happened? What did he say? And he goes, oh, he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably scared to death. That's funny. <laughs> No yeah. Kidding. Yeah. It's like, going, yeah, that's how I got your phone number. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we yeah. Had to call the bank and change all his information. <laughs> and that, and your friend could have, yeah. In fact, um, the possibilities would be endless to prank that guy. But, uh, oh, no kidding. yeah, I bet you he learned the lesson, though, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and he is a nice guy. I would 
hate to get that phone call yeah. personally. Well, I would, yeah, I'd freak out as well. It's like, what, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Um, and then I, I wonder what happened the next time he went on the train. He's probably going like, uh, that guy matches <laughs> that voice. <laughs> yeah, looking around, looking for a stalker. Yeah. Uh, so we're up against the clock a little bit here, Schultzy, as I used to call you. But Scott Schultz, the storytelling series is called Busted. But listen, I want people around here to be able to get at least, at least a taste of what you're working on. So uh, you have a YouTube channel you want to direct people to? Is that right? Or? I sure do. Yep. Thank you for reminding me, David. Yep. Um, the uh, YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Busted Los Angeles. Busted Los Angeles. Yep. And on that, so you'll get little snippets of your storytelling and your sort of man about town stuff and that kind of stuff? You'll actually be able to see entire stories. Oh, great. We filmed two years of a uh, uh, web show uh, on green screen. So I would film locations where stories took place on my cell phone. And then we'd put them into the green screen and make it appear like they're there. We have uh, uh, panel discussions about issues dealing with, uh, you know, non-motorists and getting around without driving. And then also um, just little things that I film around L.A., you know, as I'm, uh, you know, walking around the city. Because um, I, I write op-eds and stuff like that on, on the topic as well. I had an op-ed in L.A. Times last year dealing with uh, crosswalk safety, which uh, in Boston, <laughs> that's not an issue because everybody, they don't have jaywalking in Boston. Yeah. And uh, But in L.A., if you cross the street, they'll give you a $300 ticket. You're kidding and, me. Uh, wow. I don't and think they, that's, yeah, that's he, never happened. And they thrive on Bostonians. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, right? Because we're not expecting when it. When I moved to L.A., I didn't even know what jaywalking was. I thought it was when you walk into an intersection and then change your mind and turn around <laughs> in the shape of a J. <laughs> you know? I, I just had no idea what it was. Right, right. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, oh, that's that indecisive thing. And you step out of the crosswalk. Yeah. And, and it's like, nope, it's just crossing yeah, the street. Sense. That's funny. How about uh, Twitter handle, Scott? My Twitter is at BustedLA. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is at BustedLosAngeles. And you can find all of those if you go to BustedLosAngeles.com. Love it. BustedLosAngeles.com. There he is. Showman, stand-up comedian, and this generation's Hulhauser. That's right. A Scott, little Scott's bit Hulhauser. A little bit of Hulhauser. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you had fun, uh, Scott. We'll have you. We'll definitely have you back the next time you're in town, or really whenever you want. Well, I really appreciate it. You know, maybe next time I'll, I'll give a call before I hit town, or yeah. maybe <laughs> next time I'll just go down to Westwood. <laughs> yes. Come visit us in Westwood. Appreciate it. Um, Scott Schultz, make sure you check out Busted, the storytelling series, Busted LA. And thank you for joining us as usual on the Boston Podcast. Uh, All past episodes, pod617.com. If you'd like your own podcast, please visit us at that website and figure out how to get started. If you like this podcast, share it. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And on behalf of Scott Schultz, this is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy your day, everybody. Dookie Avenue, Pepperoni Dookie. I said